Welcome to the Exit Strategy, your no bullshit guide to divorce with the experienced attorneys from New Direction Family Law and guests that have been there. Unfiltered discussions to help you move from victim to victorious and from bitter to better. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Stevenson. And I'm Sarah Hink, Elizabeth's law partner at New Direction Family Law and partner in podcasts and friends. And we are joined today by a, an excellent guest. I'm so excited to have her here, Kate Anthony. She has her own podcast that we recommend that you check out sometime, the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. And she's also a certified divorce coach. So she's going to explain to us what that means. But we are so happy to have you here Absolutely. today, Kate. Hi, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and I know that the podcast is out there. And how many seasons do you have or episodes on your podcast? And I have no idea. <laughs> A lot. I don't need. I don't number them. And I just decided that I would just. I don't. I honestly have no idea. It's been around for a couple of years. So there's a lot. <laughs> like there's three a lot. years. Yeah. Here has the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, and it is on anywhere. Cool. Anywhere you can cool. find it. Anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Anywhere at all. Yeah. Apple on my website, Spotify, iHeartRadio, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I know that in general, your podcast covers first starting out your idea of help, helping women mostly, or is it just specifically women going through or considering a divorce and whether or not they should follow through with that or if they should stay and work on their marriage. Is that correct? Should I stay or should I go is really my big area of expertise and what I help and coach a lot of women on. And I have a online program called Should I Stay or Should I Go? And, and but I also help women go through the divorce process. So I'm a divorce coach and a, I'm a divorce and discernment coach is what I say <laughs> to people yeah. more pro in the professional world. Yeah. And, and we've talked about discernment counseling on our podcast before to our listeners. So if they've listened, they'll have a little understanding about what that is. So how did you get into doing yeah. all this? How did you decide that this was a path for you? Yeah. So when I went through my own divorce about 12 and a half years ago, I guess now, I had been a stay-at-home mom. I'd also been an actor for 30 years and I started really young, guys. I'm not super old. <laughs> I am. But I started my acting career. I always like to say that I started my acting career with five years on Sesame Street and closed it with five years on Grey's Anatomy. Oh. <laughs> and it was in that period of time that I was going through my divorce, that last, my last sort of hurrah on Grey's, when I was going through my divorce and I was like, what am I going to do now? <laughs> because I really didn't want to I didn't I was done with acting I it I had been through a lot with it and I felt like I just didn't want to continue that as a stay-at-home mom and as a divorced mom despite what they tell you it's really not the most financially secure yeah <laughs> I can so, imagine yeah so I decided you know I really needed like a next chapter and a lot of people were telling me I should be a therapist. And I just, that idea sounded terrible to me for a variety of reasons. It sounded like a lot of school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also very expensive. And so someone suggested coaching. And I thought, well, that's interesting. It's a different approach. And I did end up going back to school for three years for coaching. But it's a different kind of school. It's more experiential. It's fewer textbooks. And, and it was an amazing experience. And I found that I was really good at it and that I loved it. And I always wanted to help people have good and happy divorces. I had a really volatile marriage. I had a very emotionally abusive marriage. And once we finally called it quits, or once I called it quits, we ended up having a really great divorce. And 
people always come to me and say, how did you guys do that? How did you do that? Given where we came from. Yeah. And, yeah. and my, originally my goal was to help people do that. Unfortunately, what I've learned is that it's not that simple. It's not that easy. It's not that cut and dry. What my ex and I were able to do is not the norm. Okay. I do help women get to that place. But the reason that my ex and I were both able to do that is because we had done a lot of personal development work. We'd both been in a lot of therapy. We'd been in a lot of couples therapy. We'd both been in 12-step programs. So there was a lot of work that we were both doing. And once we were able to take getting our emotional needs met off the table, we were able to then use all those tools to help our divorce process. What I found in the 12 years I've been in this industry is that very few people are actually doing that work. Yes. And so unless both people are doing it, we're pretty, it's hard to get through that, to get to that level. Uh, That's what I was going to ask, if I can interrupt just mm -hmm. for a second, because we work with a lot of folks on the other side and on our side too, that have some mental health issues, or there's a lot of narcissists in our world. And is this something that is, I'm assuming, may not be appropriate for folks who have those issues or or not? I don't know. So listen, so yes, exactly. And that's why I said I started out. That was how I, that was my original intention with my business and is not how it has gone. <laughs> now I really help women help. I, I, I work with women only for a variety of reasons, but I really help women heal from emotional abuse and also identify so many women are being emotionally abused and they literally don't know it. And so I help them identify it and understand it and then work through the process of really discerning how how to move through that in a divorce process. And that's the hard part. And as you say, yeah, lots of narcissism. Yes. Lots and, of narcissistic abuse. And I see that as well with clients or just when they first come for that initial consultation is you're asking them questions and they don't even seem phased by the abuse that's happening. Mm-hmm. They're so used to it. They're just mm-hmm. like, oh, that's mm-hmm. normal. I'm like, oh, that's not normal. So it's not something that happens overnight where you click and say, oh, this is not okay. The way he's treating me is not okay. There's been some gaslighting. There's been manipulation. And people just get used to it when they live together for so long. So that's great to have a coach to have someone to reach out to and and say, okay, this is not normal. This can be better and I don't have to live like this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's important. And I have, I have a really big community on Facebook as well. And it's amazing what happens in there when women tell their stories mm-hmm. and women witness each other's stories because they start to realize, they see the patterns in other people's lives and they start to recognize those patterns in their own lives. And it really empowers them to create stronger boundaries and have just have better education and understanding about what's happening in their lives by hearing each other's stories. It's really, we were meant to be in community. Yes. And and where can our listeners find that on Facebook? Yeah, it's the group is called Should I Stay or Should I Go? There's a link to it on my website, which is kateanthony.com. I think it's in the footer. There's a link on every page to the website, I mean, to the Facebook page as well. But it's yeah. great because being in a group with people is so empowering because you find out you're not the only person. And it, that gives you strength right there to know that there are other people that have gone through what you've gone through. So I'm glad to hear that you have that. That's wonderful. Yeah. And I always want to say that my my group is also really heavily moderated. It's a big group, but it's not the kind of place a lot of divorce groups on Facebook are just bashing. Bashing. Nobody's nobody's moderating. And I don't allow bashing. I don't allow venting. I'm we're very we keep it very strict in terms of so that people can learn so people can grow. Because I think that venting and ex bashing doesn't 
help right. you move right. you forward process. at all. Absolutely does not. not move you forward at all. <laughs> exactly. It really doesn't serve you. And everyone reacts differently to these situations. And some like to sit in their sorrow and, and not heal. And you have to want to heal and take that next step forward away from the pain in order to move on. So what are some things that you help folks with within your practice that, to do that, to move forward? What are some, it's hard work. So where do you start? It's, it's yeah. such hard work. No matter where women are in the process, whether it's the should I stay or should I go or starting to get divorced, the first thing we do is we do all the inner work, right? We address the inner critics. We go into, because... If you don't know how you got here, <laughs> you're, as you guys know, the divorce rate for first marriage is somewhere around 50%, second marriages, 68%, third marriages, 74%. It's, we're not getting better at better. this. And it, it's because we're using, right, we're getting worse and worse because we, we're using the same picker, right? So we have to address that. We have to look at what, how we're choosing. And that is all based on our own personal histories, our parenting, our family of origin, trauma, all of relationship trauma, all of it. So we really, the first thing that I do with all of my clients is get into all of that stuff, which is the hard work, which is the really hard work, because we want to just look at him. We right. want to just look at the other person and be like, he's he's an a-hole, he, she's whatever. I don't know if I can use these words on your podcast. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> all the Have words. Have tagline? <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> Love you guys. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I know, but it was beeped out. So I was like, I can't. <laughs> That's just for fun. <laughs> All right. Love you yeah. guys. Good. Perfect. You're my people. He's the asshole. She's the bitch. Like, she's crazy. She's psycho. That doesn't help at all. Oh. It might be true, but also you picked an asshole. Right. So let's start there. Right. right. Like, bad taste in men is a legit, that's an issue we might have. We have to deal with that. Like, why do I make these choices? And also, a relationship is a two-way street, and you can never end a relationship and say you had absolutely nothing, nothing to, do to do with, with it. how right. it failed. That reminds me of a consultation form we had filled out. And under disabilities, the lady put choice in men. <laughs> that was a true disability. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And it's true. I, I It's happened to me for a while. And you're like, why am I picking out these assholes and manipulators? But, when we constantly have to work on ourselves and through this process, through a divorce, is an excellent time and a, a rude awakening into why do I make choices and how can I heal too. So that's great. And how you told us before we started the podcast that you help people all over the world. I do because coaching doesn't have the restrictions, the licensure restrictions that that therapy does that the attorneys have. We yep. yeah, I can work all. I work all over the world. And so, and so speaking of that, brought up a, a thought for me. Do you are cultural issues and that sort of thing within every culture and relationships and that sort of thing? So that should, must be pretty interesting if you have folks from other countries and religions and sex mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. That's a, that's exactly right. It's a great point. I, I've actually I've worked with many women in Muslim communities, in Orthodox Jewish communities, because it's and it is a whole other it, thing. It is mm -hmm. it when is. you're dealing with. Look, I talk a lot about how our culture. <laughs> has just the patriarchy and living living in the culture that we live in as white women, white Americans, but also Europe, European too, right? Mm -hmm. We all live under this patriarchal system of oppression and how that impacts our marriages. But when you're in other cultures that where the patriarchy is even that much mm -hmm. more 
um, yeah. intense. It, yeah, absolutely. And we deal with it because then there's being ostracized and being cast out mm-hmm. of the community, mm-hmm. which is actually a very difficult thing. And it's a consideration, right? It's actually, it's a legit consideration. When you're thinking of leaving a marriage and your entire community will shun you, that's yeah. not that's not oh you're gonna lose some friends get over that's yeah. actually lose real friends right. lose lose finances yeah, yeah. or uh, you're the stay at home or they cut you off from the finances that's yeah. scary as exactly scary. yep I've seen it happen it's happened to clients of mine mm-hmm. absolutely yep it's a big deal so you help people decide you help women decide whether to stay and whether they should go and how do you do that how do you support them in this journey of deciding whether to stay on their in their marriage and work on that or to say, I'm ready to move forward with the divorce process. Like the first thing we do is that internal work. That's like the most important thing. And then we address all the cultural stuff. And then we go into a lot of the communications, communication issues and the sort of general relationship skills, right? What's your attachment style? What's your love language? Like all that stuff. One of the things that I've learned in doing this for as long as I have is that most women who come to me, if you're up in the middle of the night Googling, should I stay or should I go? And you land on my page and you call me or you join my Facebook group, you're not, look, if you're in a really healthy, happy relationship, you're not Googling in the middle of the night, right? right? You're not asking the question. And so a lot of it is permission. Women don't know that they get to choose. We spend so much time. We wait for men to ask us on dates. We wait for men to ask us to dance. We wait for them to ask us to marry them. We right, And so we spend most of our lives not in active choice about the relationships that we're in. And so giving women the permission to actually choose to leave a relationship is pretty radical. And I work with a lot of moms. And women, we are trained from birth, pretty much. We are trained to be nurturers and caretakers of everybody else. And so the idea that we can actually turn away from that and nurture ourselves and even ask ourselves what is best for us and what do we need and then take action on that is is subversive, Yeah, truly right. subversive and radical. Yeah, we're at um, a very pivotal point point, I think, in women's roles in the world. And there's that tug back of what you're explaining that we all feel. And then there's our new roles, which is being wage earners, getting out there, being career women. So you're constantly getting this pullback of what I think I should do and what I know I can do. And I know on your website and on your podcast, you talk about this intersection of women's empowerment and how that is that's reflected in our personal relationships mm-hmm. with men. And there's this like tug uh-huh. back and forth between that. And I think that's very interesting. And Any woman that gives it a little thought can probably identify with that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a huge part of it. I always say that if we're talking about, I'm in the women's empowerment space. If we're talking about women's empowerment, we are necessarily talking about the patriarchy. And if we're talking about the patriarchy, we are necessarily talking about white supremacism. Mm -hmm. This is a whole, this is a whole thing. It is a slice of the pie, pie. but we also have to be aware of the whole pie. Right. Right. This is our marriage we're talking about. But what are all of the things that went into creating the marriage that you're in? Right. And like, then learning how to make those choices can impact you in your whole life. If I can feel that way and know I have choices within my own personal life, then I know I have choices in my 
professional life and my mm-hmm. emotional health and my mental health. I mean, going to the doctor even sometimes is a pain. And, yeah. You know, it was like. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Recently, I went to go have some gutters replaced and I called to make an appointment <laughs> and they say, okay, when's your spouse available? First of all, I'm not married. How dare you assume? Second of all, why does he have to be there? Like it was in that. Why is that happening in 2021? So we, we constantly run into those things. And it's just, listen, I am a woman. I can make my own decisions and I have the freedom to do that. And even in a relationship, it, those just old roles that we're born into. And I know in like relationships where say I marry someone and their family just really adheres to that structure where his mom is just very subservient to his dad. That's going to be expected in his marriage, whether or not that is openly communicated or not. Absolutely. And these are the conversations that we don't have. These are the things my... I had a client say to me once we were going through, going through the should I stay or should I go conversation for months. And she's, oh my God, if I had put this much thought into marrying him, we would not be here. All right. right. But we get so swept away in the romance of everything yeah. that we don't have these conversations. I have a friend who told me about her premarital counseling that she went through. And I'll tell you what, they're going to, if that marriage doesn't last, I will be shocked because they had to cover things that I think most people never think or talk about. This person that brought, led them through the premarital counseling, he asked every hard question you can imagine from religious stuff that they had never, we just assume he was raised in one religion. She was raised in another, but he wasn't practicing. So she just assumed that he wouldn't want to raise the kids in religion. They talked about it and he was like, oh no, of course we are. And she was like, ooh, what? (laughs) (laughs) You know? And so they talked about it, but they wouldn't have talked about it otherwise. He was a former addict and they had to have really hard conversations about what is going to happen if he slips. Yeah, And they had both been under the assumption that it's not going to happen. That's crazy. We're not going to talk about that. But the the person made them do it. And it was a hard conversation. And these are the things that we just don't talk about before we get married. And they're all the things that contribute to us getting divorced. Getting Um, unmarried. Exactly. Getting unmarried. Exactly. Yeah. Hey y'all, it's Jen with New Direction Family Law. And if you've ever been through a divorce, you may have guessed or found out that determining who gets what property can be one of the most complicated and confusing issues of divorce. It is so important that you're represented by an experienced family law attorney who knows marital property law and will advocate for your best interest. New Direction Family Law has over 30 years experience protecting the rights of our clients and their assets. We aggressively advocate, we support, and we absolutely educate our clients to achieve the best possible outcomes. So give us a call today to schedule an initial consultation at 919-719-3470, or you can reach us at our website at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. You can't avoid that. Can you talk about kids? I'm divorced. I have children. I know that you do when you were divorced. Talk a little bit about that and how that plays into all this. I think that women, for the most part, they struggle because of their kids. They think that. It's they think that staying in their marriage for their kids is the right choice. They also think that they're trained to believe that putting their kids needs ahead of their Mm -hmm. own is what's best. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, there's the research shows that especially in a toxic, abusive relationship, if you're in a Mm -hmm. toxic and abusive marriage, it is far better for your children if you get out. Women think 
or people who are in like either either way but they think that if that they can mitigate it they think that their presence like staying in the house and then trying to mitigate or caretake or whatever is actually is effective and it's not so keeping taking children out of abusive home that is abusive 100% of the time and giving them 50% of even if it's 50-50 just having that safe place to land mm-hmm. having one home even if it's only 50% of the time but having one home that is safe and loving and nurturing and secure is far better than keeping them in that abusive situation 100% of the time because yep. you're not doing the job you think you are. Yeah. Right. And I, you're setting up your children. You're setting yourself as a role model for your own children. That's what relationships should be. And that's what I say to a lot of clients yeah. is that's not the choice you want to make. I have this conversation All far the, too mm-hmm. many times that I'm, but it has to happen. And, and women, you're right. They stay in the, well, if I'm there, if I'm around, then I can, can stop, stop it, it from exactly. happening or get in the middle of it and break it up. And, and that's you know, literally not what you're doing. Here's the deal. If you're in that kind of marriage, it's probably the home that you were raised in. And like you were begging your parents to get divorced. You were on your knees praying every night for your kid, for your parents to not be together, probably. So what's different with your kids? And if you leave, you get to break the cycle. It takes one generation right. to break the cycle of generations worth of abuse and trauma. Mm-hmm. And right. you can be that person for your kids. If you stay in that marriage, your kids will replicate this. They will. That's the science. And so what do you, t- is part of your work with clients in that space? Here's how you do this plan. You can't just walk out because one, he's got control of the bank book and you don't have a job. You're staying home. You got four kids. Do you help them plan that or do you hook them up with somebody else who can? Yeah, so I have them always consult an attorney in their state because, or in their country, their region, like, I cannot know the the divorce laws for the entire world. And as we know, there's there's no consistency. So I have them consult an attorney in their state. I have them work with a CDFA if possible. I don't do those things. I don't do legal and financial, but I do strategy. And if there's domestic violence involved, I have them work directly with their local domestic violence okay. shelter because we have to have a safety plan in place. I'm not taking any chances with anybody's health and safety. Yeah. And that's great to have that strategic plan plan out there because all those parts are super important. Just having someone like you to coach them through the process, having obviously the legal advice about how to execute this plan and also coming to attorneys like Elizabeth and I, we can give them a glimpse into their future and say, okay, it's not going to be that bad. This is what you can expect and this is what we can get for you and ease some of that burden and worry off of them, at least in that respect. Look, I think when you're getting divorced, having a team the team approach is, I think, most helpful and bizarrely can also save money, right? right? When you're working with a divorce coach in particular and you're taking the emotional heat off of things and you're processing your emotions and taking responsibility and all of the things that need to happen, you are less likely to be litigious. You're less likely to go into the courtroom with your resentment and anger boiling over to make you want to make legal decisions and financial decisions that we say you're making. In divorce, you're making the biggest legal and financial decisions of your entire life in the middle of the biggest emotional upheaval of your entire life. And it's a Mm -hmm. terrible combination. It is. So (laughs) right here, deal with the emotional stuff first. People always say, what's the first thing you should do when you get when you decide you're going to get divorced? And everyone's like, lawyer up. And I'm like, no, (laughs) the first thing you need to do 
is a consultant attorney for sure. Understand your legal rights, get yourself educated, but first process your emotions. Yeah, so Sarah and I can... tell clients that all the time is that we can't help you if you're not in a place where you can help us. We're not your therapist. No. Yeah, right. and, you, exactly. and it's hard. And going through a divorce, even if you're doing separation and agreement or mediation, is still a full-time job and you have to have your wits in your head about you. We certainly agree with, yeah, get your emotions under yeah. control. They love sure. to talk to me. My clients love to talk to me. That's great, but I'm an expensive, unlicensed therapist. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that's not yes. what I'm there for. We try to, like you, point them in the right direction. This is what will help with this and go see a therapist and hear some other resources for you to use and obviously now we can direct them to you and say here's someone that can coach Absolutely. you through this process as well and yeah. in the podcast i listened to a few of the episodes my favorite episode was the it's not your fucking job episode that's a that is a favorite that's a <laughs> listener favorite i think we, we can all identify with it i'm not married i'm in a relationship but i'm not married haven't ever been married but i think as a woman just anytime you are with a man for an extended period of time you feel like how that podcast made me feel listening to it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's just about the role that women play in the day-to-day -day life and at home <coughs> and how much expectation there is and men rely on us to do a lot of things and help them through life. Yep. And it's not our fucking job. Labor. It's not <laughs> our fucking job. It's not our fucking job. It's really hard for women to draw those lines and it's really hard for men to let go of forcing that on women. And it's not even, even the best, the most well-intentioned men. Mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. still like, look, this is what we live in. This is the soup we live in. This is the, the water we swim in. And so the most well-intentioned men are still in it. And so we have to, we all have to be intentional about looking for those things and looking for those boundaries. Like it is not my fucking job to be your therapist. And yet how many men get into relationships with women Looking for a therapist. It's happened to me. <laughs> sure. Sure. It happens to everybody. It everybody. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. No, that's not my fucking job. I go, right. I have a therapist. I work really hard in my therapy. Why on earth should you not be doing the same? Same thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So if anyone's listening out there, I recommend that episode. There's tons of other great quality episodes with good information. You have guests too on your podcast, Kate, that can talk to people through this process as well. So any resources for our clients and listeners that are going through this divorce process? And, and I will say it's mostly geared towards women, correct? Correct. It is. But I have a lot of male listeners. I, I do. What I invite men to do is I have a lot of men... <laughs> Speaking of not my fucking job, I actually had a couple of men email me and say, hey, I really love your podcast, but I'm like the woman in my relationship. Can you do um, a podcast for men, like just like switching the genders? And I'm like, OK, so here's the <laughs> where do I begin? I invite you to listen and switch the genders in your own damn head. <laughs> and not, it's not my fucking job to make a podcast, a whole separate podcast for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, and and, and there's a reason why this one about. would be good for men to listen, listen to, to because maybe it'll open their eyes to some things. Exactly. And we can exactly. always hope. Yes, we can always dream. They don't even see that they're doing. Exactly. That one cracked me up. So oh my goodness. Like, You've got to be shitting me. That's so but, fair. You know, also sounds very real. Uh -huh. Kate, I have a quick question for you. Just earlier you were talking about helping women identify that they are in an abusive relationship and getting out of abusive relationships and now making the comment there about male listeners that are like, I'm the female in my relationship. Do you also yeah. ever start just... 
I'm not taking away that for statistically females are more oftentimes the ones being abused, but there's some nasty females out there too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you, do you ever work with females and help them identify that they are actually the abuser? In an ass- it's really funny. I don't, I, I don't take on, cl- I don't attract women who are narcissistic abusers <laughs> like that. I've met plenty of them. Let me tell you, there are plenty of them out there. They're not seeking coaching. Right. Let's be honest. Exactly. Right? Which is the so problem. A narcissist, yeah. a narcissistic abuser is not coming and saying, can I please help me? Um, <laughs> I don't need one it. of my of other <laughs> most popular episodes is called Am I the Abuser? And it's it's with my my dear friend Rian Lockhart is a an expert in emotional abuse and she's so smart about it. As soon as people listen to her first episode of my podcast which is uncovering emotional abuse, the first thing that many women say is, oh my God, am I the abuser? And the answer to that is, if you're asking the question, probably not. And it's the gaslighting. Mm-hmm. It's the gaslighting that makes us think mm-hmm. that we are. Yep. I have this conversation <laughs> with, with my ex up until re- very recently, where like he would do something really awful and then I would call him on it, and then I'm the abuser for calling him calling on him it. On yeah. It. yeah. Wait a minute. No. That's <laughs> not the way this works. Yeah. And it's an awful it's trap not. to be in because you for the long a lot of people can't see it. And oh, you know, I bought it for the longest time. Yeah. That's that's why I was married to him for ten years because and for ten scary. years I was right. turning myself inside out trying to be better. Yeah. Our philosophy is to move people from. Um, victim to victorious and bitter to better. And I, and I always that, say, yes. I, I have never had a client, I don't think, in 20 years that has not been happier and in a better place, mm-hmm. having gone, yeah. having gone, gotten out of that relationship, gotten the divorce and moved forward. But it's, hard, but it's hard to do. You got to get out of the muck. But to have resources like you out there is just immeasurably helpful for clients who are going through a divorce and separation. To see they're not alone. There's other that have been through it, that it's an experience that is going to be tough, but on the other side, so rewarding. Mm -hmm. And look back on it and see those things that you're talking about, the toxicity and the gaslighting, all of that, and realize that they weren't in a good place and that they can get to a good place. And it takes a village. It takes a village to raise a kid. It takes a village Let's to get, get through divorced. a divorce. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's the best piece of advice you can give, Kate, to folks who may be thinking about, should I stay or should I go? What, where should they start in their, in their own mind? In their own mind, they should, I think, start with their own healing, right? Hire a coach. Hire a therapist. Really look at their own relationship history. Get like Stop looking at him or the other mm-hmm. person and what they're doing. And really look at yourself. I have a great program. I, my, I have an online program called Should I Stay or Should I Go? So my best advice is to do that. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Okay. Yeah, yes. and it's available on my website. And it's thousands of women have gone through it. It's incredibly helpful. And it really does take you through this process. My goal is to be as available as possible. Like I have free resources like my podcast and my Facebook group. And then I have my my programs at different price points. Working with me one-on-one is obviously more expensive. So I created this online program because I think that's, I want to be accessible and available. Love that. Yes, we do love that. So any listeners out there, uh, if you want to get in touch with Kate, reach her at her website and please check out the Divorce Survival Guide. It's an excellent podcast and so many great episodes out there. Yeah. So Kate, thank you so much for joining Thanks, us Kate. today. We appreciate it so much. Thank great you information. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And that's some good <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. This episode is complete. 
visit newdirectionfamilylaw.com for show notes and resources and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for more resources and information. And remember, with change comes empowerment.